listening to Nerds on Film with Brian Moriarty, Sarah Ashley, Sean Moriarty, and Roxy Noberry. So, Sean's not here, so fuck it. I'm going to talk about musical theater. Yay! Fearless. I you mean, do you. I mean, yay! Yay! <laughs> I drink with jam and bread. Adele, <laughs> <laughs> a deer, a female deer. <laughs> Ray, a drop of um, and I just went to karaoke last night, be, so I'm I'm on board. <laughs> to be fair, what I'm talking about was a film adaptation. Uh huh. Because I'm in currently a production of Kiss Me, Kate. Okay. Right. So it was actually a movie that was well, it was a musical made into a movie. Now it's uh, main. It was made into a musical again. Um, doing the revised 1999 score of it, so it's oh, a little more okay. jazzy. Sure. But we did my favorite number in the show the other night in rehearsal, which was Bianca. Uh, which is when he's wooing the, the Lois Lane character. That's not why it's my favorite number. It's just because it's a it's a good number. Um, but I have to do a note in like crazy falsetto. Mm-hmm. So uh, for those who don't know the song, it goes Bianca, Bianca, oh baby, will you be mine? And that's what the main Aww. person does. Sounds right? super good. Yeah, it does. But I have to do. I have to kind of counter him. So there's one note where it goes Bianca, and I have to go. Bianca! <laughs> nice. In like crazy high falsetto. But I, I also have a line, because there's this, the line that goes, uh, I would swim from here to far Casablanca. And my character says, oh, I love that movie. <laughs> I wanted just to kind of confuse Aww. the audience after doing the crazy falsetto. And I want to go, I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> because it makes no sense. Because e- even earlier on, I have to sing package for Miss Lois Lane. And it doesn't sound, I don't sound anything like that when I'm speaking. So I thought, why not? Just whip out your Harvey Firestein. Exactly. The Harvey Firestein. <laughs> and just confuse the <laughs> hell out Did of the Did you audience. see him at the Grammys, his most recent Grammy show? No, I didn't. Uh-huh. I didn't. He, like, presented a show because he had, I think he had produced something or either like, written a new Broadway mm-hmm. show. Either way. It's like Harvey Firestein hasn't done much in a long time. I know, right? But he had done something recently on Broadway. And here he is on stage and just, oh, my God, how he's talking. That, that voice. That... That Harvey Firestein dialect yeah. is unlike anything you've ever heard. We should have done a Harvey Firestein What's in the Box. Like, yeah, we, we really should have. Like, What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> oh, my. penis? Um. <laughs> Although I feel like when I do Harvey Firestein, it just sounds like Estelle. But anyway. This is true. This, well, it, it, does, it is kind of like a feminine Harvey yeah. Firestein, indeed. Do you know why he has that? What's Those, that? that the, uh, the great Too many sounds. cigarettes? No, not at all. He's never smoked a day in his life. No. He was actually a male soprano when he was a kid. What? And here's what's funny. He found out that he actually has two sets of vocal cords. <gasps> so that that uh, mutation um, causes the sound to basically extra reverberate, which is why he sounds like this. Wow. So he's a mute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Harvey Firestein's an X-Men. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, oh my god! god. So He's like that right one now. mutant whose power was to learn all the languages. <laughs> yes. it's, it's it's a very unuseful just, power, but I, it's still uh, a power. He has double double the vocal cords, yes. double the fun. That's, that's really intense. Oh, so you know what? I was just actually having this conversation <laughs> with that? people because I'm I've mentioned before on the podcast I actually have a superpower and that's opening things. I thought it was your tits. No, <laughs> no, that's no, the, the precogs are precognitive boobs. The precognitive breasts are mostly a joke, but no, my <laughs> actual superpower. I said mostly my actual superpower. <laughs> is opening things and so we were like all kind of figuring out like my friend trisha can no matter where she is marty can always find north 
Sorry, sorry. We're, not, we're not, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, there's a dog in here. Yeah, uh, Sarah's a brother's dog. dog is in the building. So He's just sniffing We're not trying to recite, so. you know, lines from Back to the Future. We're just Marty! Saying, <laughs> Marty! Marty! Can I go Marty's back to the dog. future, We have to go back! Marty! Which I tell, I tell, Marty. I tell him that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Marty, it's your kids, Marty! <laughs> Sarah, wait, continue. I, I but yeah, so like my friend Trisha, she like always knows where North is. It's ridiculous what? and it, it's almost dead on. Wow. Yeah. Did she just like look up in the sky and know where the North Star is? No, like we were inside and she we're like, which way's north right now? And she's like, "Eh." she pointed back and then um we we did like the little iPod compass and Uh she was like, dead on. Sorry, I was snickering because I'm I'm petting Marty's face and as I'm petting it, his Uh eyes are getting a little pulled back, so it's just he looks really funny. He's smiling me like this. (laughs) (laughs) Dogs are cute. Yes, it is. Can we talk for a second? No. What haven't we? What, so Sean, what, what, what have we been Sean doing up to this I, point? Are you getting divorced? Sean and I had, no, no. Sean and I had probably the biggest nerdgasm we've had. Oh my god! You in guys. a long time last night, because literally posted a picture of jizz. That's how I excited actually, he so was. I couldn't no, no, actually that was his friend watch Jake, it. Actually, oh god, I haven't actually had a chance to watch it. Ugh. So Brian, go ahead. Comic Con, they did a panel for the Warner Brothers, and of right. course, no, you. No, Zack Snyder was there, Henry Cavill was there, oh, Ben baby. Affleck was there, and Gal Gadot was there. Ooh. And they're like, and they showed the first picture of Wonder Woman finally, which yeah, got a she, lot of guys excited. She looks like Xena. Um, she I'm does. Not, I'm not, well, eh. I, That was also a very, like, volcanic color palette, so I'd like sure. to see what the costume looks like in regular lighting. Me sure. Too. I, th- I just feel like I've seen cosplay of Wonder Woman that has been a yeah. lot cooler, personally. But that's just me. I'm just hoping that her skirt is more like a jort. A jean squirt? Yeah. yeah. What's, what's it? Was it not jean yeah. shorts, but uh, a squirt? Yeah. A there skirt? A skirt? Skort? A squirt? What is it? It's Where a it's skirt. Like it's like a it's like shorts, but a skirt. Yeah, yeah. it's a skirt. It's a skirt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, awesome. they, and and heels. Hello. Oh my god. Heels right. are not good to be fighting to be, crime in. Okay. To be totally sharp. fair, Wonder Woman had Wonder Woman has had many iterations of her yes, costume. This is true. And this is the more this is very close to the more warrior like ones that she's worn in the past. Yeah. And I think that's fair, because to be honest, I kind of find the Linda Carter outfit a little misogynistic. No, really? Yeah, so I'm like, if we want to portray her as a strong female character, I think she needs to be the badass, and she looks like a badass. Amazonian is cool, like, I get that, but... He the heels are a little ridiculous, and I she's five one. That's a, that's why. So what? If, I mean, it's, Tom yeah. Cruise is really short too, and they're yeah. still able to make do with that without having to visibly put him in high heels. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> um, but I will also say, I mean, fe- we've talked about it before. Female superhero costumes are never practical. You know what though? If so, Thor can be a woman, if Thor can be a woman, then Wonder Woman can have a squirt. She can there have a squirt. That's all. Hey, she had. She would have had pants in the TV show. That's true, and she Could has have. pants in the comic books now too. Yes. Um, well, it actually depends on the day because if it's hot outside, she'll I'm she'll, sure she'll lose the pants. But um, <laughs> I feel like Marty. That's not the thing, though. That's not it. That's not what got me. A so go, Ryan. Tell out. us yes. more. At that same panel, they also revealed like a quick thirty-second clip of Batman in his full-on Dark Knight Returns-esque battle armor, getting ready to to duke it out with Superman, and it it involves him. And the, even like the eyes are glowing white, like it is in the comic books. Yeah. He pulls off uh, a, a uh, shroud from the bat signal, turns it on, and as the bat signal is shining in the air, you see Superman floating and it's getting in the way. And you cut to Superman and his eyes are glowing red. It's so sick. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> and in fact, I have to, I mean, if I need to, I will just, it's on my laptop. I'll show it to you guys when we're done. Warner Brothers, please don't come after us. Um, <laughs> Well, uh, Sean decided to post it on his Facebook, so go after him. He go. posted it on Instagram, on Facebook. You guys Facebook. didn't leak it. Somebody else did. Seriously. Yeah. So 
focus your hatred on them. We are are just geeking out. And to be totally honest, too, fans want to see even the crappy-looking footage. Because the reason why Warner Brothers would even pull that kind of thing is because Mm -hmm. they want to wait until they can show the high-quality version, right? That doesn't matter, because I guarantee you the nerds will also watch the high-quality version when it comes out. Yeah, like ten times over. Exactly. So embrace the nerdism. They should say, oh, fine, bring your cameras in there, whatever. We know this is going to go online, but we'll post the real thing. Or beat them to it. Post it online the same day to, you know, deter the the whole reason for the the, uh, piracy Mm -hmm. of said content. Be smart about it, guys. Um, But it got me thinking about Batman. Mm. And when are you not thinking about Batman? From two to three p.m. most days. <laughs> two to three p.m. That's it's when an he... oddly specific point in time. Definitely not four o'clock because four o'clock used to be when the Adam West show was on when I was a kid. Okay. So that that for sure he is always on my mind. During so that you're time. literally not thinking about Batman during two to three. <laughs> yeah, that's usually when I work out. What about like two to three like, a.m.? Are you dreaming hours. about Batman? Yeah. So. Yeah, usually. <laughs> so, um, see, two to three. If you're working out, shouldn't you be thinking about trying to be as ripped as Batman? Right. I. Uh, that yes, be of course. That's my. That's my focus. Yeah. No, indeed. he's thinking about Wonder Woman when he's working out. Like, and you know, Batman as Wonder and Wonder Woman have always had this unspoken like we could totally be in a relationship kind of thing. Same with Hercules and Xena. Yeah. I mean, come on now. Well, yeah. Totally. Uh, but it also got me thinking about man, and when it comes to Batman music. There's only one guy who takes the cake. <laughs> oh, yeah. Danny fucking Elfman. Yep. <laughs> it's a that, that original party. That was a good segue, Brian. Thank you. Yes. You're learning and, from me. <laughs> yes. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to Nerds on Film. I'm Brian Moriarty. I'm Sarah Ashley. I'm Roxy Naberry. And my brother is not here tonight. Uh, to be totally fair, he we, we made a great compromise. I actually can't do our normal recording time because I have to go to a meeting at work. Brian, uh, Brian, it's okay. We'll just tell them the truth that Sean broke his dick from whacking it really hard to the Batman preview, yeah. and he's incapacitated. I okay. joke that Sean Sean's face was <laughs> <laughs> cut yeah, to like no. cut to like a wide shot and just white exploding out exactly. of just everywhere. everywhere. He, it's, he's he's mourning the loss of his penis. Yeah, it's like the end of it's Ghostbusters. Not even, it's like, not even a wide shot of about. him. It's a wide shot of the house, and it's just coming out the windows. <laughs> <laughs> And, folks, as you can see, clearly we, there's enough gross to go around. We don't, we don't, we don't need Sean to we be gross. We don't need Sean for if it. If Sean's not going to talk about his dick anymore, we will. Yeah. We will oh, do that's it in right. We weren't supposed to talk about it. No, no man. That's not in the contract anymore. That's sorry, not, we're not talking about that, per se. We're talking about, you know, a, a reflexive action of sure. that. Right, okay. Science. Science. <laughs> Believe it or Weird not, though, science. I actually do know somebody who broke his dick once. Oh, that's a damn that's funny a, That shit. is actually not funny. That it's is not funny. really serious, actually. Yeah. You could lose just, it if you break it. I mean... He I didn't, mean, but it was oh. it, it didn't feel good for him. Oh, I'm sure not. Sure <laughs> Did it didn't. feel good. Um, so, like we were talking about, the, the topic for this evening, we've never done a mo- an episode about a composer before. Really? Sure. Never. Never. We've oh. talked about directors, we've talked about... Actors, mm. but we've never actually or talked. Of course, geeked out about a single movie, but we've never talked about a composer. And we thought, you know, but most importantly, we've never done an episode on a best boy. Mm. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Sarah, script supervisors Sarah, need more credit. <laughs> Sarah, thank you so much. I have been saying that for months. <laughs> I've just been saying it over and over, and they just don't listen to me. Nobody pays attention. <laughs> well, yes. Oh, by I think... myself. Oh, God. Alan went from hipster to emo really Hello, fast. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, oh, 
my god. <laughs> We've already derailed so quickly. It's okay. Uh, it's really pick, warm in here. I mean, if you Why? think about... If you think of, yeah. Go ahead. Why did we pick Danny Elfman? Well, right? if you think about movie composers, there are like... Really, I mean, if you have to name like a top three, it's like John Williams. Of Thomas course. Newman. Thomas Newman, I would say, is probably on top ten. We've talked about Thomas Newman on yeah. the show. I think he it, he is definitely in top ten. I don't know if yes. he's top three. Silvestri. Silvestri might be in three. I would say it's probably Silvestri, but John Williams, Williams and Danny Elfman, and that's in no particular order either. Sorry, I would put John Williams way at top. But yeah, that's me personally. I would say number two is Danny Elfman. Then, if we're going to yeah. put in order of magnitude. so wait, what was the three? You said John Williams, Danny Elfman, and, and probably Al, uh, Alan Silvestri. Who was Al- wait? What, what did Alan? Back to the Future. Ah, thank you. That yes, totally. I mean, he, well, here's the thing. He's done tons of movies now. Yeah. What I appreciate about both Silvestri and Elfman mm-hmm. is that their style musically is incredibly versatile mm-hmm. like john williams you you t- you listen to one note and you know it's a john williams movie yeah yeah I, you know, arguably though um alan mankin <gasps> oh mankin's got some good things so too. let's rearrange that then top five <laughs> top five no it's arbitrary we're talking about danny elfman yeah. Yeah. regardless we'll but, I, but mankin's amazing <laughs> thank mankin. you yes and you know michael caccino i think is on top 10 oh yeah as well. he's really good uh of course probably some people are gonna hate on us for not mentioning like older like you know 1940s 50s composers henry mancini of course who can forget the pink panther theme um as well as numerous other films he's done so anyway um but we're not here to talk about them we're here to talk about daniel danny elfman who his whole mindset going into music was he wanted to do intelligent music right so you know in the 80s uh when he was living in la that was his whole point he wanted to and to intelligent make mu- music at that time meant new wave. Correct, mm. exactly. Which really is we're seeing kind of the beginnings of the the uh, the alternative scene mm-hmm. in music at that point. I think you know, about eighty five is when we start going to alternative. No, earlier than that. Yeah, I would say even in the seventies when you have punk coming up because it was proving that there was something other. Sure. So. Um, yeah, and then the like 80s, new wave course. new wave couldn't have happened without punk, and right. I mean, and really. Oingo Boingo, which was the the band that Danny Elfman started, I think they started in the late seventies. Uh, potentially. Now, let's get it clear though. The original full name was the Mystic Knights of Oingo Boingo. So the Oingo yeah, they Boingo, they formed in nineteen seventy two. Thank you. Nineteen seventy two. Called the Mystic Knights of Oingo Boingo. <laughs> it sounds like uh, like the name of a kids' TV show, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's um. And again, they also kind of were along the same vein of like Frank Zappa and some of the more sure. kind of experimental. They stuff were very the experimental time. indeed, and they also, as they got into the eighties, they they kind of fused with other trends. Like there was a there was a a new wave of uh, brass being worked into music, mm-hmm. so they did that for sure, uh, and they helped you know spearhead that. And then of course electronic influences too. Oh God, it's super synth and some yeah. ska, super even? synth, yeah, 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 yeah ska influence, ska absolutely. Well, that's where the brass comes yeah. in. I mean, if you think right. about the two signature songs of Wingo Boingo, right? It's Weird Science and Dead, Dead Man's, and Dead Party. Man's Party, absolutely. Which I love them. I just watched the video of it the other day. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is in that movie. In that, yeah. in that uh, video. Music video. Yeah, he is. Oh. It's and again, but that's very synth heavy. It's extremely eighties new wave. It's, mm. it's so good. <laughs> it's mm. just so good. Mm. Yeah, and you know what, guys? Let's. I mean, if you haven't heard what we're talking about, let's actually put in some space for uh, some sound clips real quick. Okay. So here's what Weird Science would sound like. And also, here's what Dead Man's Party sounds like. It's a dead man's party. Who could ask for more? Everybody's 
Which one do you guys like better? Dead Man's Party. I love Dead Man's Party. Isn't it's it a such one? a fun song. Dude, it's a Dead Man's Party. It's good times. I mean, come on, how can you not love that big belt he does in the middle yeah. of the song? You know, <laughs> don't run away. It's only me. I also love how he can go into his falsetto so like yeah. easily. Right? Oh, as a vocalist, he's pretty spectacular. His right. range is fantastic. Right. That's why I loved him so much as Jack Skellington. It's right, because a lot of people don't know he was the singing voice of Jack Skellington yeah. in mm-hmm. Nightmare Before Christmas. Sarah? Uh, which he also composed. No, I was just going to say, like, he, just having a particularly good range, but also being able to tailor his vocal to what he's singing at the time. Yeah. So, um, you know, kind of listening to, I mean, when he when he's singing Dead Man's Party, he's definitely got, like, that typical ladies new wave thing happening. <laughs> like, it's, which is, it's the same thing that Devo was doing and that kind of stuff, right? I love it. Typical ladies new wave I mean, that's what it is. It's, I mean, you, if you listen to Weird Al's 80s stuff, he does it's it true. all the time because that's what he's mocking. Like, dare to be stupid and that kind nice. of thing, you know? Absolutely. Um, Speaking of Weird Al. Oh my God. Mandatory fun, number one. I swear to Christ. I'm so proud of that guy. I love him. I've been a huge Weird Al fan ever since I was a kid. I'm just super happy for him right now. His, brilliant. His whole, uh, which, whatever, what's the name of the song? Uh, was it Word Crimes? Yeah. Word Crimes? Word Word Crimes is genius. So good. And, um, Tacky. Oh, yeah. Tacky is so much fun. Anyway, but we digress. So, um, yeah. But like, but then being able to transfer from that 80s new wave and then being able to do Jack Skellington, which is like very typical, proper technique, mm. musical theater style singing, and to do it flawlessly. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, Seriously. he's he's packing a lot of talent. Totally. Seriously. And what I appreciate is his style can be this very signature dark and whimsical sound, but it also, he can just kind of just score a movie too and tell mm. the story. He lets, he can kind of determine when he can be as expressive as he wants to be. I lied. Richard Elfman, Danny Elfman's older brother, is right. the one who started Oingo Boingo in 1972. Correct. Well, they probably started it together, yeah. Well, he shifted, he said that he uh, passed the leadership of the band to Danny Elfman um, later on in like 1976 or right. something. And then when we get to 1980, we actually have his first movie that he uh, composed, which was Forbidden Zone. Uh, very small project. Uh, but I think probably the big one that really you know, took him off is when he made friends with uh, a newcomer director named Tim Burton. Who? <laughs> who? Who's yeah. that? Exactly. Um, <laughs> who was... So, um, what? the film Forbidden Zone was based on the band's stage performance. Gotcha. Oh, so yeah. he didn't. So he didn't compose yeah. that, but it was based on their. So he, they did the music yeah. for it because it was like effectively a documentary. Right. So the first on one that. where he was the actual composer then would be 1985's Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yes. Which yes. was also, I think, the first feature film that Tim Burton had done, because uh, mm-hmm. Burton had done a couple of short films. Frank and Weenie was a major one he had done as yeah. a film student. He was also a, an animator. He went to Cal Arts, tried working at Disney, couldn't, couldn't quite. Cut it. He flat out said, "I can't even do the Disney style." Like he tried right. to learn how to do it, and he couldn't Makes do it. Makes you wonder, though, how much Disney possibly could have influenced him. Sure, especially I, with theatricality. Sure. Well, sure, yeah. And I mean, Disney has obviously given him that latitude, right? Because yeah. look at the Nightmare Before Christmas, and look at Frank and Weenie. Exactly. Corpse uh, Bride and all that good stuff. Corpse Bride was Warner Brothers, actually. Oh no, kidding. Yeah. Never mind then. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when we get to Pee Wee's Big Adventure, I mean, we we start to see again these. This kind of like it's twisted, childlike, almost circus-like yeah. kind of theme going along with it. It's it's markedly whimsy. That is absolutely. It's just it's Marketed whimsical. Whimsical, I would say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then of course, 
he's done a lot. He did a lot of television. He did Alfred Hitchcock Presents at some point. Uh, of course, he did Weird... He did... If you want to count Wonka Bunga, we know he did mm-hmm. music for Weird Science and... Uh, I believe he did Dick Tracy, Warren Beatty's yeah. 1990 movie. Right? Unbelievable. Well, let's let, let's go chronologically, uh, because he also did a couple of smaller films, Back to School. <laughs> yeah. with, 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 back uh, to school, back to yeah. school, to the, uh, dad the, the Rodney Dangerfield graduating high school vehicle. Oh, I was thinking the one for Adam Sandler one. <laughs> oh, you're thinking of Billy Madison, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember the Rodney Dangerfield movie, though. Uh, it the, was not the, that great. Uh, the Emilio Estevez and Demi Moore film, Wisdom. Uh, he also did a couple of things like Amazing Stories. He also did a couple episodes of Pee Wee's Playhouse, which nice. makes sense. Yeah. So um, notably, though, he did Beetlejuice in 1980. 1988 was a big year for him. That was a Dude, huge year for him. Fucking Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Midnight Run, Big Big Top Pee Wee, Hot to Trot, people. and Scrooged. Right. And again, like you get to see him explore these really darker tones, yeah. right? Because Scrooge was a huge movie that year. So but it was, was Beetlejuice. But it was dark. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean... I feel like we don't even need to have the clips because Brian can just do it. Brian will just do it all. Although, we cannot give Danny Elfman all the credit for Beetlejuice because Harry Belafonte played a really important role in that movie as well. Oh my god. Shake, 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 Sonata. That's true. That's true. Jake, Jake, I think Jake, they should make Beetlejuice. Neo, Neo. I'm going to say, I think... And then I, go. <laughs> I think Elfman should compose a musical version of Beetlejuice Ooh, on Broadway. That would... The, that would there, there already isn't one? Really? There isn't I one. Feel I mean, like there is, I feel like that's a thing that would have been ha- would have happened already. Right? I'm just confused. Guys, I mean, think about it. Like, of all... If there, Broadway's looking to movies anyway to yeah. make movie, musicals They just made of. a Heather's mu- musical recently. Yeah, so why not make Beetlejuice? Yeah. That would be amazing. I and mean, they're already going to do another jukebox musical for Spice Girls. Fuck I'm, yeah. I'm so Jesus excited Christ. for that. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both, girlfriend. I was so then, like, Mamma Mia was a gem. I'm have super get... stoked for the Spice Girls version. <laughs> so now we have to get to a couple of other... 1990 was another huge year for him. Yes. Because I'm, we're going to skip a couple of ones, but let's talk about... Actually, let's take a step back to 89. Okay. Mm-hmm. He did one movie in 89. And that's fine because... It was the movie. It was... Well, should we say it or should we just kind just of like just hint at it? Say it? Just say it. Just do it. Batman. Oh, yeah. Again. Oh, boy. You want to talk about <laughs> ominous. You know, the, the movie opens. The Warner Brothers shield is there. It goes to a night Warner Brothers shield. And all of a sudden you hear... Oh, I just got shivers on my spine. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if like Sean's just gonna cut a clip. <laughs> this is Brian's music, musical theater <laughs> show. Well, we already uh, since Terry started singing it. in the middle. I'm just start humming him, you and Sean I, can fill him in. You know what I love about the fact that he did this Batman soundtrack is that this is the only Grammy he won for best score soundtrack. Yeah. wasn't he? But Motion he was picture. nominated for yeah. an Academy Award for it. True that, but this is the only Grammy he won. Yeah. And rightfully so, because it is, it is to this day, the score that people think about when they think about the Batman yeah. music, right? If, forget that. No, 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 Batman, no. I don't know. I still can't hear that. Sorry. That's awesome. To that point, also, what they translated to the animated series, too, in 1992, or 93 when they did it. Right. But also, he did a couple other, again, now he got this, he has this reputation for doing these darker scores, and he starts doing a ton of movies that 
that play to that, right? Well, he built a partnership with Tim Burton, and you know, when Tim Burton finds anybody who can latch on to his weird, quirky, dark thing that he does, he's gonna he's gonna keep those people. Well, Your BFFs with Tim Burton. I, you that's true, that, but yeah. look at 1990. Only one movie that he did that year was with Tim Burton. He also yeah. did Dick Tracy, which was mm-hmm. with Warren Beatty at directing right. it. But it has that again, that kind of dark comic booky exactly. look to it, right? Mm-hmm. So it because of Batman, it made total sense. Uh, you also have his partnership with Sam Raimi on Darkman, which again also had a kind of a comic book Avenger mm-hmm. kind of feel to it. And of course, this might actually be his best score. Even though as much as I love Batman, we can't not talk about Edward Scissorhands. Mm. Oh, my favorite so, score of his. Right? And Edward yeah. Scissorhands is a fucking ballet now. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. That's so. Amazing. Yeah, no, that how one. Is that even? I can't even comprehend how amazing that idea is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's this is definitely it, because it, well, I think what they really captured with this is that it's not just dark, but it's also kind of ethereal, mm-hmm. and it is very storybook, mm-hmm. and it is very fantasy. It is very fantasy. Like you feel like you feel like the and this is I'm going to get really poetic here. I'm sorry, but you feel like the the music itself is almost kind of capturing the story in like a little snow globe kind of situation. Mm. And it's just really lovely. My favorite yeah. scene is when he's making the ice sculpture and Monona Ryder's character walks it's out. She's like the dancing little, in it. And she's dancing in the right. the, the shavings, right? And talk right. about a snow globe feeling. Yeah, she's yeah. literally the figurine, the ballerina mm-hmm. in the snow globe. And yeah. he's providing that. And the music played It's gorgeous. I wish, can we play it right now if Sean has it? Like, yeah, absolutely. And what's so great about it too is I what what blows my mind too is when for a couple of years straight, when Walgreens did their Halloween commercials, they pulled from Edward Scissorhands. Nice. Because it just has that again, that that whimsical, you know. And I love how Elfman incorporates uh, choral music into Mm, it too, right? Yeah. Oh, there's always like that little bit of like people in the back like the Yeah. Yeah. Like in the background. Yeah. Which totally got worked into uh, Batman Returns as well. Yeah. They they did a lot more Mm. choral uh, emphases on Mm -hmm. that. Emphases? Emphasis? Emphasize? Emphasis is fine. Emphasis. Um, Did you. He did the soundtrack. I know I'm skipping ahead, but he did the soundtrack for um, Alice in Wonderland, right? He did. Yeah. So that also had the. I mean, that one's not as great, I think, but they definitely had that same choral effect where, um, I mean, there's a song that's just like, Alice, Alice, Alice in the background. Yeah. There's. there's definitely several films across the board where he does it. Oh, look! It looks like there's another collaboration that he's been getting into with David O. Russell. Um, yes, indeed. Yeah, he did Silver he did Linings Silver Playbook Lines as well, Play- which and I thought was American great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're jumping all over the place, though. Yeah, but let's go back to what you were. You know, um, where you were. And but he's also done smaller films where you wouldn't have figured. Oh, wait, that was Danny Elfman, like Black Beauty, right? Uh, in '94, yeah. uh, and a small film called Summersby. But yeah. let's also talk about another key film of his 93 comes around he decides i'm gonna write a musical right or actually not he doesn't say i'm gonna write a musical tim burton has a story he wants to tell right and burton finally gets a chance to write essentially a libretto right mm-hmm. by a short 90 minute libretto by doing the nightmare before christmas yep my god such That's such a good soundtrack so good. and again the opening song totally sets the tone with yes. the, this is Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, this so. is Halloween. <laughs> Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> yeah. My favorite one. Da, na, 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 
Oh yeah, Jack's Lament is amazing. And again, you hear how beautiful of a singer Danny Elfman is. Yeah. As that. Fun fact, Brian, the the regular speaking voice of Jack Skellington. I know who it is. Chris Sarandon. Chris Sarandon. A.K.A. Prince Humperdinck. Humperdinck, Humperdinck, Humperdinck. I'm the Humperdinck. You said that word. I told you never to say that word. <laughs> Good What? Humperdinck? Nah! <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd get a kick out of that fact. Get back, witch. I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. Okay, sorry. We're going yeah. to do this. We're going to do this again. Yeah, and we're you? we're trying to we're trying to kick the habit. Oh. <laughs> I, I part of me yeah. had wished that he had done the Princess Bride because that would have that would have oh. upped the whimsy of that movie. It would have, level. but that that movie is perfect. We can't touch it. So your little fair enough. Although they're going to be touching it because they're turning they're turning Princess Bride into a musical. Oh my god, Stage my musical. heart. My yeah, well they they they've promised that before and not delivered. So we'll see about that. All right, better fucking deliver. Yeah. It also could work as a stage play because there's been a couple of experiments sure. with doing stage plays that. Um, but currently, the incarnation is as a musical. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then, of course, in, through the mid-90s, he does a couple of more smaller films, I think, in retrospect. But major films from this year, Dolores Claiborne, which is a Stephen King novel, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he did Mission Impossible? Oh, we're getting there. We're getting there. Okay, good. Please. That's 96, I'm, though. I'm curious. Yeah. So we're in, right now, we're in 95. Okay. Uh, with He also did the, uh, the basically, Nicole Kibben version of... Basic Instinct with To Die For. Right, exactly. Uh, so then, that's a Gus Van Sant movie that he'd also done a few more for as well. Yeah, so I mean, clearly he doesn't just work with one director. Yeah, he's not just all him over Martin. the place. Yeah. And these directors keep collaborating with him, though. That's how much Because he's fame. damn good at what he does. Exactly. Right, that's yeah, right. how talented he is. Exactly. And, and, and I mean, who would think that he was the composer for Dead Presidents? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have thought about no, that at right. all. Right. Or the movie Freeway. And then you're right. When we get to 96... <laughs> Mission Impossible. He does. And he, he dun, is now the guy... Dun, 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 right. So dun, he's now the guy you want to go to when you want to do a dark movie. He's not the guy you want to go to when you want to do a comic book movie. He's not the guy you want to go to when you want to do a television adaptation. Mm-mm. Right? Which, uh, I mean, I think the theme itself was pretty much the same as the TV theme. That was the point. But they, he just completely elaborated on it. He did. It. And he also co- collaborated with um, Bono for the, the elongated theme that they did, I think, right, a little bit, too. Yeah. Bono was also involved with that. Dude, you guys, too. it looks like he worked with, like, major directors in 1996. I mean, De Palma, Peter Jackson. Zemeckis. Apted, what did he do with Peter Tim Jackson? Burton. Oh, sorry, uh, I'm sorry, not Zemeckis. Uh, yeah, Jackson was the Frighteners. Jackson was He did the Frighteners? Yeah, he did the Frighteners. Oh, God. Which makes no, sense, right? It's another goddamn reason why I love that movie so much. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, the Burton vehicle... Mars Attacks. Yes. Which was yes. Oh my God. Mars yes. Attacks was great. Oh, good. But, I mean, look at 97, though. 97 was another incredibly versatile year. He did Men in Black, which again, yeah. another signature. Another signature one. Flubber! Wait, did, did he collaborate at all with Will Smith on oh uh, in the Men in Black song? I don't song? think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, no. Will Smith can do that on his own. Yes, he so. can. So yeah, '97. It was uh, Men in Black, Flubber, and Goodwill Hunting. Wow. Which again, another movie. That if you That's look at Goodwill Hunting, you don't think yeah. about. Oh wait a second, that was Danny Elfman. Mm. Because but you don't really think about the soundtrack of that movie no. much. Maybe that's why no. it's so good. Because yeah. it wonder, blends into the story really well. I wonder how certain soundtracks. So it's not to cut, sorry to cut you off, but this is kind of a thought I've been having about soundtracks since we talked about wanting to do this episode. Some soundtracks to films make the film some scores some scores yeah. exactly I meant that's what I meant to say some scores make the film like you appreciate the film because of the score right and some scores complement the film so well that you don't even notice them that they're just there yeah. exactly that's what I love about and, sc- and scores then so much. sometimes they're the scores themselves 
overpower yeah. the the piece. I'm not going to say that with Star Wars because I think that they go hand in hand really well. Yeah. Um, I think Forrest Gump is another one where it goes hand in hand really well. Yeah. I would say Inception, the score itself is, right. is overpowering the movie now Fair yeah. enough. at this point. I, right. But I mean, at the same time, I mean, that's the job of the composer, right? The job of the composer is to create the emotional beats through sound, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And really... With that flexible of a definition, that's also why Thomas Newton Howard can do a heavily electronic infusion with Hans Zimmer and still turn out The Dark Knight. You know? True, yeah. Um, so, I mean, it it makes sense that, you know, if Gus Van Zandt wants a less dominating mm-hmm. score, then he can deliver it. Um, he also did a couple of other movies in 98, too. Movies that, again, totally would not have guessed. Uh, a Civil Action, which was with John Travolta and Robert Duvall. That was the... Uh, the the law movie it was basically about them suing uh, a town or a power agency for mm-hmm. power company for leaking uh, for in, fucking shit up exactly and getting people sick and then uh, he also did the Sam Raimi movie A Simple Plan nice. which was about which I think it's got Bill Paxton and Billy Bob Thornton in it and it's they they find a large sum of money and they're trying to figure out what, what to do with it they found out the money was was obtained illegally course it always is because who just carries around like you know half a million dollars in cash me i mean what (laughs) in her tits (laughs) yes right they're They're not actually that large they're just propped up with money i mean are just this is the brims the nips with with money to the nips (laughs) i mean we have to kind of fast forward now because if we talk about every single film we'll never this episode will be two hours long exactly um but he's done he has consistently worked just looking at his filmography yeah he has consistently worked for did you do, he Over did, 30 years Did at this he do point. the Spider-Man? He did. He did. That was another yeah. big one. Again. He did both Spider-Mans. He did Men in Black 2. He did Red Dragon. He had a couple in Chicago. Rob Marshall's. Yes, he also oh. did the arrangements for Chicago. And did, no yeah. shit. Yeah. Not the whole thing, so, but a couple again, of arrangements. Proving that he can take an existing yeah, yeah. score and, and arrange it and elaborate it. Yeah. it There's only two which there, tracks in the Chicago soundtrack. Yeah, which, I mean, that Chicago adaptation... Which, I mean, it's the Chicago we all think of now, but that's mm-hmm. not how Chicago was when it first came out. Mm-hmm. So that's very interesting. That's yeah, awesome. exactly. Um, and you're right, he did two of the three Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. The third one was actually, he turned it over to his musical director, his gotcha. uh, conductor, Christopher, I can't remember his last name. I love um, the fact that he does a combination of, you know, epic films, animated films, children's yeah. films, family films. He just strikes me as somebody films. who yes. likes to work and likes to create. Sure. Yeah, man. Super creative. Yeah. Married to Bridget Fonda of the Fonda family. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, my God. kids with her, man. Jenna Elfman is married to his, or is, no, is, yeah, married to his, uh, Nephew, nephew Bodie Elfman. Oh, so that's how they're related. Okay, yes. I was wondering about that. Yeah, Bodie Elfman is an actor as well, and Mary Jenna. Yeah, and he did a lot of work in the smaller commercial work in the nineties. Okay. Yeah, but Jenna Elfman have been married for like twenty years. Oh my God, you guys, he's he's composing Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh my God, <laughs> yeah. I you know what? Okay, I I read that book. No, you didn't. Of course I did. Get yeah. out. Okay, are you serious? I am always down to read a little bit yeah. of interesting erotica, which that was not. <laughs> That oh. was highly disappointing. Even as far as erotica goes, it was not that great. So, um, uh, but if Danny Elfman is composing and if they're able to pull in some more impressive actors mm-hmm. than what I've been hearing, um, then I might consider seeing yeah. it. Probably not in the theaters, though. Here's what I would say. Yeah. Guys, If we're to kind of fast forward through his filmography, um, pretty much assume if Tim Burton did a movie, he, he did, did the it. score for it because that's... 
I, I don't. I can't find a single exception to that. Big fish, so good. Mm-hmm. Right, but let's move forward to the ones we wouldn't expect. If that's okay, ones that were like, huh, no. interesting. Hulk, yeah. Hulk. two thousand three. Which Hulk? The, this is the Eric Bana, Ang Lee one. Well, that's easily. Uh, he's also known for doing short films too. He did a short. He's done. He did a. He did a Batman short film just hmm. for the. Because how awesome is that no, to like help funny. carry that? That again that signature score forward. Nice. Um, he also did a, an IMAX movie, Deep Sea. Uh, he did the Simpsons soundtrack. The, the Simpsons, Simpsons theme song. Of course. The theme song. Dum, 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 right. Dum, goes dum, talking dum, about his TV uh, tenure. But he also did like Nacho Libre. <laughs> did he really? He did, yeah. Hmm. Nacho Libre, Nacho. Meet the Robinsons, uh, The Kingdom. Uh, Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt. Of course, the Hellboy movies. That makes sense. Oh, yeah, so that makes sense. Uh, Tales from the Crypt, exactly. So um, 2008, he did Wanted. Oh. Wanted was also the first m- film where he, when he did a soundtrack song, he sang again for the oh, first time okay. in like 20 years. That was the Angelina Jolie movie, huh? It was. And uh, James McAvoy. Yeah, with I the, just, uh, curving the it's, it's really interesting, though, with Danny Elfman. He really, like, all the other stuff, obviously, he's really talented and he can do all this stuff, but he just has the market cornered on Dark and Quirky. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, he also, does, he also did Milk. He did do Milk, and that was lovely. Ooh. Amazing score that for that movie. That was lovely. Right. And again, one that's very much like Van Zandt's style. Yeah. One that supports the story, but is not, you don't, it's right. just invisible, right? You don't, yeah. you don't notice it. You guys, our boners for Elfman are so huge in this room right now. It's true. Yeah. They're overpowering. I just kind of want to cut it off from there, because like, he's, and we talked about David O. Russell, <laughs> he did Silver Lang's Playbook and American Hustle. Yeah. Um. Also did the Hitchcock film, which is kind of cool, full circle, because he did Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Right. Or the ones that were later on in the 80s, yeah, and then yeah. he went, goes back no and does kidding. the film. kidding. That's yeah. awesome. I, yeah, it's I, I'm always very pleased when a Danny Elfman song comes up yeah. on my uh, mm. my film scores Pandora station. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So pretty much, you can, guys, if you want to see a film that is with David O. Russell, Sam Raimi, or Tim Burton or Gus Van Sant, those four directors pretty much always collaborate mm-hmm. with with Danny Elfman. I wouldn't I don't won't say that absolutely, but no. I mean but they're they're big hits. But quite though. often. Yeah. Wait, did he do Planet of the Apes too? He did yeah. do Planet of the Apes. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, I think he did. That might that might have say, been the one exception. It's not to say that all of the films he scored have been good. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's certainly not his fault, is it? He's no. Thrilled. I mean, I think the scores have been great. It's just yeah. whether the film is is a totally other. Yes, he did. He did the 2001 Planet of the Apes, the one yes. where Somehow Abraham Lincoln wow. turned into Apparently a chimpanzee. Apparently he's done the scores for all the Simpsons video games, too. Yes, he has. Yeah. He has. And uh, his most recent work was uh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and he's got six other movies that are on the way, which is wow. freaking amazing. He, I guess they're doing it through the Looking Glass uh, film. So I don't know if that's coming Another out in 2016. Yes. And then, as you mentioned, you mentioned Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, so, I mean, and a couple other films I haven't heard anything this about. This man will never stop working. He nope. does documentaries now, too. The Unknown Known Jesus was a film Christ. about Donald Rumsfeld. Wow, really? Yeah. yeah. He's just, he is still... He's a hes a music machine. He's ticking. It's crazy. It's crazy ticking to think that... For, it's actually inspiring to see that so, after so long, he's still doing it. Let me it. ask you guys. Pick one. Mm-hmm. I know, Sarah, this might be hard for you, but just try your best. Favorite score. Oh. Mm. I mean, of all, the, of all the ones we just talked about. I think I am torn between, because obviously I'm not going to pick one. <laughs> um, I'm torn between Edward Scissorhands and 
I'm gonna say Big Fish. Me too. Yeah, I really love this. Oh, Gorman. Big Fish is good. See, that's the thing. Like, the nerd in me wants to say Batman, Batman, say Batman, say Batman, <laughs> say Batman. You fucking idiot. <laughs> but yet, it's while it's certainly signature, it's not necessarily his like. But it's not necessarily Danny Elfman's best work. However, arguably, it's one of the best it's the most scores to a yeah. scores to a Batman movie. Sure, scores to a superhero film in general. Yeah. yeah, I'd have to pick Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm, I'm probably gonna have to go with Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, yeah. it's so we, just so good. Ooh. Oh, we, he's we, he's sorry. He's growling because someone he's, farted. <laughs> no, he's kind of he's doing his little gurgle growl because he's like, I need to get out and get some air. So then, can we can we all kind of agree then that the top three for Elfman would be Nightmare Before Christmas, Big Fish, and Edward Scissorhands? Kind I, of, of the three iconic. Of his uh, best of iconic, work. iconic is a different story. I best would say, work, I yeah, I would say best work because iconic, yeah. I would think Batman. would be Batman, Nightmare Before Christmas, and Edward too. Scissorhands and Beetlejuice. Okay. Yeah, okay, those ones are all iconic. But yeah. like classically memorable best work. I just think best. I just think Big Fish. He captured something with Big Fish. Right? Yeah, he did. Seriously, but that movie captured so much. That one is probably <sighs> actually one of my favorite Tim Burton movies. Yeah, it's also one that's I think, with the exception of a couple of shots, is the least characteristic of a it's Tim Burton movie. It's the least Tim Burtony of the Tim Burton it's movies next to Planet of the Apes. So. Yeah. Isn't that something? It is yeah. something, but it's that. so amazing. And God, Ewan McGregor, anything oh. he yeah. does. We didn't also talk about, my personally, my favorite Tim Burton movie. Uh, which all again also has an Elfman score is Sleepy Hollow. Nice. Sleepy Hollow. What a freaky deaky oh movie, yeah. man. Which it's we've so which mentioned. Uh, yeah, we've talked about it before on Halloween. On Halloween. Episodes, but we should do a Tim Burton episode. Walkin's Teeth. That's all I'm going to say. Walk about, yeah! about oh God, that movie. The Hessian. Yeah. He has no lines in that movie. Probably fine because he would just terrify. It would be weird. Uh, in there. Okay. So shall we get into listener feedback? We shall. Listener feedback. Yeah. So we have we have one piece of feedback we want to share this week, which is um, from email from Chad, uh, and it's really really sweet. What up, Chad? Subject, Chad the man. Chad the man. Uh, subject: You may be what keeps me from going crazy. Oh. Hey nerds, I just wanted to let you all know how much I love both shows. My job usually requires me to drive uh, either, sorry, say this, uh, either drive myself or take a company van to different locations most mornings. Listening to Nerdonomy really helps keep the miles and miles back and forth from driving me completely insane. <laughs> I mean it. Driving him insane. Hey. Uh, uh. Uh, I mean it. Yeah. If it wasn't for you guys, I could possibly end up going Mel Gibson on someone with a tomahawk. <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. Nice. Awesome. Way to make a reference. Call back. Uh, <laughs> to one of our own episodes. This, is, this guy's clearly a fan. Yeah. <laughs> And that may be an exaggeration, but I'll let you be the judges of that. Um, we don't know enough about you or your psychological history to, to judge say them. one way or the other. But we uh, love Roxy, you. what do you think? I think you sound like a very, very nice, overworked person. <laughs> there you go. And I'm glad that we can be there for you to supply the laughs. Being glad that we are your coping mechanism for stressors. But wait, yes. I like the last sentence of his of his. Of feedback. course. But seriously, keep up the amazing work and thank you for the free laugh therapy. Laugh therapy, you laugh guys, therapy. is such a thing. That's if, real. I if like it. If there's nothing that'll keep us from going crazy, it's laughter. Yeah. Laughter is the best medicine for the soul. So. And sure. furious masturbation. That too. <laughs> 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 Laughing while masturbating is a whole other level of some that's shit. Like, that's, that's also Nirvana. a whole other level of creepy too. Yes. A whole other level of creepy. <laughs> Depends on the context. Sure. <laughs> I mean, it's like if you're doing like that. No, no, no. I can't even. We're I can't even like, justify it. I can't even justify it. 
I can't. I have. N- I yeah. I just can't even go. To I don't know, guys. I really love Friday night stand up on Comedy Central. I'm just saying. Wow. <laughs> Sarah has a boyfriend. It's okay. Um, so, folks, if you want to keep giving us feedback, uh, please, by all means, you can do it through our website, Neuronomy.com, or through our social medias at Facebook and Twitter. Yep. Um, speaking of Neuronomy.com. Ladies, yes. What mm. else can you do when you go into Ronnie.com? Roxy, I'm gonna watch let you yourself. Know a uh, you can click on links. You can <laughs> click on links. There's a donate button if you guys are feeling so generous, or you can also click on any of our affiliate links um, and use that to make some online purchases at Amazon. Or you can also um, use that for a trial for Audible.com, and we get a little bit from that. But Correct. Um, definitely use that Amazon one. I use Amazon all the time. I yeah. am trying to use that affiliate link more than ever. And um, especially if you guys want to check out any of the movies or any of the soundtracks or whatever that we happen to be talking about, yeah. pretty much all of that is available there on streaming on Amazon. Yeah. About the Audible thing. So if you sign up for the free trial, we get a commission off of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you do sign up for the full membership, we also get a commission. Uh, if you're like, well, I don't have time. I don't like click- clicking on links. What are these? I don't get this thing. Shut up, Alan. So um, you can go to audibletrial.com forward slash nerdonomy nice. as well. Yep. Also, with the, with the PayPal account, we talked about the donation. Just for those uh, who maybe have a bit more of a budget, we can take anything up from a dollar or more on that. So if you want to give a small contribution, we've gotten a $5 one mm-hmm. uh, a couple times. So you can do that through there. We'll take it. We're easy. We're very yeah. easy. Indeed. And that <laughs> helps support us to do what we'd like to do, because we're not making any money at this right now. So No. It's no. just for funsies. It's yeah. for fun times and laughs. Indeed. So we are maintaining, and we maintain because of you guys. So, yep. So thank you very much. We Indeed. love our listeners. So uh, until next time, until we meet again, stay nerdy and tune in to us next week. Same nerd time, same nerd channel, Nerdonomy. Bye. See ya. And roll credits. And now, famous movie quotes you should not say during sex. What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This isn't fair. What's this?